Hello and welcome to the Formula E podcast hosted by me, Humura Ruth. I hope you're doing well. I hope life is going as well as you'd like it to. But if for one reason or another it's not going that way, I always say take it to the Lord in prayer. He always has your best interests at heart. Welcome to the Formula E podcast once again. This is a post-Formula E race commentary podcast which means I watch and take note of everything that, that happens over an EPRI, at an EPRI, not over an EPRI, at an EPRI, and then come back here and give you highlights of everything that happened. Basically, a race recap of everything that happened there. If you're new here, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful time. I hope you get to love the sport even more, get to know more about it, and are able to share it with your friends. So please don't hesitate to subscribe, leave a review. It really helps the channel a lot. And if you've been here from day one or you've been here for a while, I really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being a part of the journey. I hope you subscribe as well and let me know where you're listening to the podcast from. It is always exciting to get to know people out there in different parts of the world. Once again, welcome to today's episode, which is about the 2022 Marrakesh Ibri. Now, if you're new to Formula E, I like to explain a few things here and there over time. And if you're a veteran in Formula E, I always say, please bear with us. There's just sometimes people coming on board who'd like to know more about the sport. And I like to take out some time and explain a few things to them. Now, basically, when it comes to Formula E, for me, I think of it as um, one of the best motor racing series in the world, definitely. But this one champions more uh, for sustainable mobility. And it is also raising awareness of the need for us to do something better because we all know climate change is here and we can do something better for our planet, for our lives. It can be as simple as recycling. It can also be as big as, you know, switching to you know, sustainable means of transportation, such as electric cars. So Formula E has some of the best uh, car manufacturers in the world come together in different cities of the world, create the best electric cars that they could possibly create, and then have them, you know, racing around the circuits in these different streets. So that's just a summary of my understanding of Formula E. But if you'd like to know it more, I actually do have introductory podcasts to Formula E and also an introduction to this season's Formula E World Championship. All right, now let's dive into the EPRI itself. So this is the 10th round of racing that we've had this season. And just in case you missed any race this season or a race last season, you can find it all on the podcast. Every race has been uploaded onto the podcast in order of how they happened. So this is the 10th round of racing and it happened on the 2nd of July. Now, what I love about Formula E is that everything happens within a day. You have the practice session, you have the qualifying session, and then you have the race itself all happening within that exact day. So isn't that exciting? And the races last for only 45 minutes and a lap. So they are super short and straight to the point. And yeah, it's Formula E. You just have to love it. Now, we are back in Marrakesh, Morocco for the fifth time in Formula E history. We first went racing here in 2016 for the 2016-2017 E-Pri. And we went, we went racing sorry, at the circuit Molay El Hassan. And it was Sebastian Buemi who won the race there. For the 2017-2018 E-Pri, we were still at the circuit Molay El Hassan. And it was Felix Rosenquist who won the race. Then for the 2018-2019 E-Pri, still at the circuit Molay 
El Hassan, it was Jerome D'Ambrosio that won the race. Then recently, for the 2019-2020 April, still at the second Moulay El Hassan, it was Antonio Felix da Costa that won the race. In fact, he had qualified on pole position and then he ended up winning the race and Maximilian Ganter was behind him in second place and then we had Jean-Eric Van in third place. And the driver that took the fastest lap of the race that year was Mitch Evans. So we're back in Marrakesh. Now, Morocco has hosted five to this is going to be the fifth EPRI, but three of them have happened in Marrakesh and the other one didn't happen in Marrakesh. So Marrakesh has hosted three EPRI and this is going to be the fourth one. Marrakesh has also hosted two in-season tests for rookie drivers in Formula E. Now, the last time we went racing out here was in 2020 for the Marrakesh Ypri. In fact, it actually was not going to happen because Marrakesh was not on the calendar. But eventually, they placed Marrakesh on the calendar because the Hong Kong Ypri was cancelled because during that particular time, there were political tensions in Hong Kong. And so Formula E could not go racing there. So this time around, we're back this year for round 10. We'll be racing at the sack. We were racing at the circuit international automobile Molay El Hassan. It's a summer, a semi-permanent street circuit. So that should be pretty fun. Well, I love street circuits because it's not been purposely built for a Formula E race, which means you, you have a lot of nature. Not that you don't have a lot of nature with the other tracks, but it's just very untempered with which feels very beautiful so you have the beautiful backdrop of the atlas mountains you have the the agadal district behind you it's just very beautiful if you know what morocco looks like you know it's absolutely beautiful and this is where we're going to be racing the circuit has a length of about 2.971 kilometers if you prefer miles that's about 1.846 miles and drivers are able to cover a race distance of about 101 kilometers. If you prefer miles, that's about 62.767 miles, which is essentially 34 laps of racing. All right, that is a brief introduction of the 2022 Marrakesh Ypres. Let's take a short break, and when we return, we'll dive into the qualifying session and thereafter the race itself. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting the show. Thank you so much, first of all, for listening to the Formula E podcast. And if by any chance you're also interested in Formula One, don't forget to check out my Formula One podcast called ZF1 Amateur Podcast. Again, ZF1 Amateur Podcast. Just look for it on your favorite podcast player or search for it in your favorite search engine. You can also look for my other podcast called Z Humara Show, which is all about living and growing up in Uganda. Again, it's called Z Humara Show. All right, let's go back to Formula E. Welcome back from that short break. Now let's dive into the qualifying session for the 2022 Marrakesh Ypres. Now, Formula E changed the way qualifying was to be done this season and Formula E. In fact, I recorded an introductory podcast that was about, you know, the changes that have come in to the new Formula E season. So the podcast is entirely about everything to do with the season eight of Formula E racing this year. So we talk about the drivers, you know, the 
qualifying format and everything that has been changed, including the changes in the car and everything. So if you missed out on that one, please, you can go and listen to it during your free time. And I think it will help you better understand the sport this year. But for those of you who are new here or who just would want to understand the qualifying format a little bit more, I'm going to dive into it as I have been doing with every previous race that I've been um, recapping and recording on um on the podcast channel so basically this is how it's done you know the race is done through different stages first you have 22 drivers in the grid right because you have 11 formula e teams and each team has two drivers so there's a 22 drivers now the drivers are divided into group a and group b and these divisions are made depending on their standings within the championships you know depending on how they stand in the championships for that particular year or the particular season. So for this particular EPRI, for the Marrakesh EPRI, this is how it was done. For Group A, you had we had Eduardo Motara for Rocket Venturi Racing. We had Nick Cassidy for Vision Racing. Jake Dennis for Avalanche Andretti. Oliver Askew for Avalanche Andretti, Lucas Degrassi for Rocket Venturi Racing, Sajo Setekamara for Dragon Penseki Autosport, Sebastian Buemi for Nissan Edams, Robin Franz for Envision Racing, Maximilian Ganta for Nissan Edams, Stoffel Van Dorn for Mercedes EQ, and Andre Lotera for Tag Heuer Porsche. Now it's important to remember that Group A has 11 drivers and Group B has 11 drivers as well. The drivers are distributed according to the standings and the championship. Now, the 11 drivers that are red were the ones that were placed in Group A for the 2022 Marrakesh Ypres qualifying session. Now, let's go to the drivers for Group B for the 2022 Marrakesh Ypres qualifying. There was Antonio Felix da Costa for DS de Cheetah, Jean-Eric Van for DS de Cheetah, Pascal Wehrlein for Tag Heuer Porsche, Mitch Evans for Jaguar TCS Racing, Nick DeFries for Mercedes AQ, Oliver Roland for Mahindra Racing, Sambad for Jaguar TCS Racing, Oliver Tavi for Neo 333, Dan Tam for Neo 333, Alexander Sims for Mahindra Racing, and Antonio Giovinazzi for Dragon Penseki Autosport. So those are also 11 drivers that I've read up. So these 11 drivers go out onto the track. They go out onto the track and try to set the fastest lap times that they could possibly set. So each set of drivers has their own session on the track. You know, different drivers go out at different times, try to set the fastest lap times that they could possibly set. Now, at the end of the session, the four fastest of Group A move on to the quarterfinals. And the four fastest drivers from Group B move into the quarterfinals. So by the time you get to the quarterfinals, you have eight drivers. So from all the drivers that are ready in Group A, the four fastest of them were Eduardo Motara, Nick Cassidy, Jake Dennis, and Oliver Askew. From Group B, the four fastest of them were Mitch Evans, Pascal Wehrlein, Jean-Eric Van, and Antonio Felix da Costa. Now, in the quarterfinals, a driver from Group A of the four fastest is paired with a driver from Group B of the four fastest. That is how it's done. So you have in the quarterfinals, Eduardo Motara, who was from Group A, he was among the first, the four fastest from Group A, being paired with Mitch Evans, who was among the four, the, uh, the four fastest from Group B. We also had Pascal Wehrlein, who was among the four fastest from Group B, being paired with Nick Cassidy, who was among the four fastest from Group A. We also had Jean-Eric Van, who was among the four fastest drivers from Group B, being paired with Jake Dennis, who was among the four fastest drivers from Group A. We also had Antonio Felix da Costa, who was among the four fastest drivers from Group B, being paired with 
Oliver Askew, who is among the four fastest drivers from Group A. Now, these pairs of drivers, you have four pairs. We have Mortara versus Evans, Pascal versus Nick Cassidy, Generic Van versus Jake Dennis, Antonio Felix de Costa versus Oliver Askew. Those pairs also go out onto the track for their different sessions and they try to set the fastest lap times that they could possibly set in order to move into the semifinals. So these are the quarterfinals. So let's look at one set of drivers at a time. In the quarterfinals, between Eduardo Motara and Mitch Evans, Eduardo Motara was fastest of the pair, so he moved on to the semifinals. Between Pascal Werlein and Nick Cassidy, Pascal Werlein was fastest of the two drivers, so he moved into the semifinals. Between Jean-Eric Van and Jake Dennis, Jean-Eric Van was fastest of the four drivers, so he moved into the semifinals. Between Antonio Felix da Costa and Oliver Askew, da Costa was fastest of the four drivers, so he moved to the semifinals. I hope you're with me on this one. Do you get it now? All right. Now in the semifinals, we had Eduardo Motara versus Pascal Werlein. And Jean-Eric Van versus Antonio Felix de Costa. Do you see how they're being narrowed down? We started with 11 drivers in two different groups, narrowed down to eight drivers in the quarterfinals, and now in the semifinals, you only have four drivers. So, Motara versus Pascal. Motara came out fastest, so he moved to the finals. Jean-Eric Van versus Antonio Felix de Costa. De Costa came out fastest, so he moved to the finals. In the finals, you have two drivers. So now here we had Motara and Antonio Felix da Costa. Now between Motara and da Costa, da Costa was 800 seconds of a, uh, 800 tenths of a second faster than Eduardo Motara. So he actually qualified on pole position. So he was the winner of that session for the particular moment, which means he takes up first place come the well, the EPRI happens in the day. Like I said before, everything happens in a day for Formula E. So, which means come the start of the race, he's going to line up number one. Then Eduardo Motara will line up behind him in number two. Then the rest of the drivers will follow in order of the way that they, you know, in order of their lap times on the board. So, I hope that makes sense, right? I really do hope that makes sense. But I always explain this every Formula E race that we have. I go into detail about how the qualifying session goes just to help you understand it better. Now, here are your qualifying results for the 2022 Marrakesh Ypres. Antonio Felix da Costa was on pole position. And naturally, the person he was with in the finest qualified second, and that was Eduardo Motara. Jean-Eric Van came in third. Remember, he was in the semifinals. Pascal Werlein came in fourth. He was also in the semifinals. Jake Dennis came in fifth. That was in quarterfinals. Mitch Evans came in sixth. Oliver Askew qualified seventh. Nick Cassidy qualified 8th, Nick DeVries qualified 9th, Lucas DeGrassi qualified 10th, Oliver Roland qualified 11th, Sergio Sete Camara qualified 12th, Sam Bad qualified 13th, Oliver Tavi qualified 14th, Robin Fiennes qualified 15th, Dan Tictam qualified 16th, Sebastian Bueme qualified 17th, Maximilian Ganta qualified 18th, Alexander Sims qualified 19th, Stoffel Van Dorn qualified 20th, 21st place was Antonio Giovinazzi and 22nd place was Andre Lotera. So that is how qualifying went. I hope you understood it and I hope you find it as interesting as I do. I really, really enjoy this qualifying format. I find it so refreshing. I don't watch so many motor racing series. I watch a few, but I like the way this is done. It's just 
so interesting i love the fact that in formula e everything happens in a day it's also nice to have everything happen on different days but with formula e it's about you know well it's just entertaining to see everything happen in a day let me just say that so all right let's take a short break and when we return we'll talk about the race itself welcome back from that short break now let's dive into the race itself now in Marrakesh, on um, this particular circuit, we do we usually do just about 34 laps and drivers are able to cover a race distance of about 101 kilometers. That's about 62 miles. But in Formula E, you don't count down the number of laps as the race goes on. You count down the time because the race lasts for 45 minutes and a lap. So how I'll give you the highlights is I'll keep counting down the time and giving you just a highlight of what happened at that particular moment in the race. So for instance, I can go like with 30 minutes and a lap left on the clock, this is what happened. With 20 minutes and a lap left on the clock, this is what happened. That is how I'll do it. And I'll try to summarize it as much as possible because I don't want to give you 45 minutes, over 45 minutes long podcast. I think that would be super long. Also important to remember is that we have attack mode in Formula E. And attack mode is power boost that is meant to be used by every driver in every race. So different races have different kinds of attack mode. But for this particular race at Marrakesh, the attack mode was giving you 13% power boost for three minutes. And drivers had to take two attack modes in a race. In fact, if you don't take your attack mode as a driver in a race, you risk being um, dis unclassified at the end of the race. Even if you finished the race in first place, you risk being unclassified. Then you also have fun boost, which is a way that lets funds in Formula E funds actually influence the outcome of a race. So I don't think it's done in any other motor racing series. I stand to be corrected on that one, but I've never had it anywhere else. So basically, before the race happens, as a Formula E fan, you can go and fan boost your favorite driver. That means you go and vote for them to give them extra power during the race now the drivers with the most fun fun boost votes are actually the ones who take the fun boost on during a particular race all right now let's dive into it first of all i have to say the circuit was absolutely beautiful it's a semi-permanent circuit like i said before it's a street circuit so for me i always find there's so much more beautiful compared to i don't know purpose-built circuits but then there are also some pretty nice purpose-built circuits but I have to say, more, uh, Marrakesh is just beautiful. I don't know whether it's just Morocco being beautiful, but it's really beautiful. I love the contrast of, you know, like the red brick house, houses, a little bit of palm trees here. And then at the start of the race, actually at the starting point, there was like um, a small pavement with like uh, grass on it and it had all flags, flags of different countries. It just looked beautiful. And then on the other side, you had like this brick, red brick kind of structure with you know palm trees around it so it looks really it's just nice the contrast of colors is beautiful and um loved it loved it anyway let's dive into it so let's count down the time 45 minutes and a lap left to go remember the costa was on pole position he started off well he defended himself well against eduardo motara against generic van and everybody else unfortunately eduardo motara locked up and that was almost you know the right opportunity for generic van to make the overtake on him but unfortunately generic van failed to overtake eduardo motara from the outside now, 44 minutes and a lap left on the clock. Mitch Evans dropped to 6th place after Pascal Wehrlein overtook him. 
41 minutes and a lap left on the clock. Nick DeVries for Mercedes EQ managed to overtake Oliver Askew. So by that particular moment, Nick DeVries was running in 9th place and Oliver Askew was running in 10th place. Unfortunately, Dan Tictum dropped down so many places in the grid because he suffered a right rear puncture. Now, with 38 minutes and a lap left in the clock, Antonio Felix de Costa, who was running in first place, Eduardo Motar, who was running in second place, Jean-Eric Van, who was running in third place, Jake Dennis, who was running in fourth place, all decided to activate their very first attack mode of the race. Now, the interesting thing about attack mode that I'm still trying to really, really understand even after watching Formula E for these years is that for some, sometimes you actually make up a lot of places and sometimes you lose places, despite the fact that it's a power boost. So once attack mode was activated, Antonio Felix de Costa dropped down to second place. Jake Dennis moved up to third place and generic van dropped down to fourth place. So some drivers gain a position, other drivers gain lose positions. It's all about strategy. I also think when you take it, you have to be very strategic. And even if you try to be so strategic, you don't really know whether the person behind you is also going to take it or not take it. So you might take it thinking you got your strategy right and then the person behind you also takes it immediately. And it's just, you know, tricky to get really, really perfect. It's a pretty good, it's a pretty tough job, I think, to be like a race strategist or something or engineer, that, that kind of work. Anyway, also around that exact time as well, Alexander Sims managed to make the overtake on Sergio Sete Camara. But this was at the bottom of the grid. Not the bottom of the grid, but, you know, farther down the grid. So... Alexander Sims pushed himself up into 15th place, pushing Sergio Sitakamara down to 16th place. 37 minutes and a lap left on the clock. Antonio Felix de Costa met back his position. So he now, who is now leading the race again with Eduardo Motara behind him in second place and Jean-Eric Van behind Motara in third place. Now, another driver activated attack mode and while doing so, he ended up on the curb and then sliding slightly off the cap but then he corrected that mistake and that was nick cassidy 34 minutes and a lap left on the clock we saw some wheel-to-wheel -wheel action between generic van and mitch evans and eventually uh, mitch evans managed to make the overtake on generic van so mitch evans placed himself in fifth place pushing down generic van to sixth place Around that same time as well, Antonio Felix Acosta decided to go for his second attack mode of the race. Remember, you're supposed to activate it twice during the race. And in so doing, he dropped down to second place again. Well, at least he wasn't losing so many positions like other drivers do. So that was bearable. So at that moment, Eduardo Motara was now leading the race. With 32 minutes and a lap left on the clock, Oliver Rowland, who was running in third place, you know, as he was really racing Antonio Felix Acosta really hard. Remember, Felix Acosta was in second place. He touched the back of Antonio Felix Acosta and overtook him. But because he's a nice guy and he knew what he did was wrong, he gave back the place to Antonio Felix Acosta. And I applaud him for that. 30 minutes and a lap left on the clock. Alexander Sims was running in 12th place and Robin Frines was running in 11th place. Had some wheel-to-wheel -wheel action there. It was so intense, they actually touched. We even had the cars touch each other like boom. 
it was really intense. I'm surprised they didn't get damaged on either cars. But uh, anyway, eventually, Alexander Sims made the overtake on Robin Frines. Now, still around that time as well, Mitch Evans was running in fourth place, activated his attack mode, but he didn't gain a position or lose a position. So he remained in fourth place. 26 minutes and a lap left in the clock. Mitch Evans said the fastest lap of the race. He was in third place at that particular moment. And later on, he overtook Antonio Felix de Costa for second place. 28, 20 minutes, sorry, and a lap left in the clock. Lucas Degrassi, who was running in eighth place, managed to overtake Nick DeVries, who was running in seventh place. He just went on the inside of Nick DeVries as they were about to take a turn, and he made the overtake. 19 minutes and a lap left in the clock. Antonio Felix de Costa manages to overtake Mitch Evans and now he places himself back into second place. Jean-Eric Van also manage, manages to overtake Mitch Evans for third place. So now Evans is pushed down to fourth place because he was overtaken by two drivers. 12 minutes and a lap left on the clock. Jean-Eric Van in third place is told by his race engineer to close the gap between himself to Antonio Felix de Costa and then he will be able to make the overtake on him at turn seven. So in all honesty, when I had that race engineer say that, I was like, really, is it actually going to happen? And then boom, 11 minutes and a lap left on the clock. At exactly turn seven, Jean-Eric Van made the overtake on Antonio Felix de Costa. And I was like, what? The data doesn't lie. You know, I just, I think, I, I don't know. I would love to be at a Formula E garage and just see how everything works. Because I think that's pretty interesting. He predicted where, when it would happen. And it was actually spot on. He was like, at turn seven, if you can close the gap between you and Nacosta, at turn seven, you're going to overtake him. And when he did that, at turn seven, just smoothly, without a hassle, it did not, I don't know. It just he just smoothly made it and i was like okay i know you can read from the data that this is going to happen this is going to happen but then you can't the data doesn't exactly tell you how skilled a person is how i don't know how how his defensive skills are going to be at the particular moment whether you'll be able to hold off aggressively or not hold off aggressively it doesn't tell you that i think it doesn't tell you that but anyway, he was just really accurate and I was just blown away. I think that was my favorite moment in the race, honestly. That prophetic part was my favorite moment in the race. Anyway, eight minutes and a lap left on the clock. Eduardo Mortara, who was running in first place, also activated his fan boost, thereby giving himself extra, extra power. You're leading the race. You're also activating your fan boost. Like, he was just like, you know, let's get it over with. He was going really really fast now five minutes and a lap left on the clock back to now back to antonio felix de costa he was running in third place behind generic van who was in second place and eduardo mortara in first place so he comes on radio and he's like i can get mortara so at that point i was like what is why why is he saying that but then I realized that Antonio Felix de Costa and Generic Van are teammates, so they're both with DS to Cheetah. So essentially what, what he was trying to say is that if you swap me and Generic Van so that I become second, I can actually go down and fight Eduardo Motara and take and take him on. So anyway, a few seconds later, Generic Van's engineer comes on radio and tells him to swap places with Antonio Felix de Costa. 
and eventually obviously team orders the team orders antonio felix de costa had to bow and he had to let the generic van pass him i don't think any driver really likes that happening but you just have to do it you just have to be a good soldier and you just let it um happen and anyway the numbers don't lie if if your team engineers are over the garage and they're reading the numbers and they're telling him something else prob you with your objectivity you're probably not going to be taking on i really don't know but yes anyway when we got to the final lap mitch evans was running in fourth place and generic van who was running third place were really really fighting it out now towards turn one evans was trying to overtake generic van Bear in mind, both of them had the same amount of battery power left. They were both running at 2% and they were both really trying so hard. So Evans was, you know, calming down a generic van and, you know, he kept failing, kept failing until generic van made a mistake and then Evans made the way through. And uh, I think, honestly, <laughs> that is the summary of some of the things that happened at the 2022 Marrakesh Ypres. So here are your race results for the 2022 Marrakesh Ypres. Eduardo Motar won the race for Rocket Venture Racing. Antonio Felix da Costa finished second for DS Cheetah. Mitch Evans finished third for Jaguar TCS Racing. Generic Van finished fourth for DS Cheetah. Lucas Degrassi finished fifth for Rocket Venture Racing. Nick DeVries finished sixth for Mercedes AQ. Jake Dennis finished 7th for Avalanche Andretti. Stoffel Van Dorn finished 8th for Mercedes AQ. Sambad finished 9th for Jaguar TCS Racing. Oliver Rowland finished 10th for Mahindra Racing. In 11th place was Oliver Askew for Avalanche Andretti. In 12th place was Pascal Wehrlein for Tag Heuer Porsche. In 13th place was Nick Cassidy for Invasion Racing. In 14th place was Alexander Sims for Mahindra Racing. In 15th place was Andre Lotterer for Tag Heuer Porsche. In 16th place was Sebastian Buemi for Nissan E-Dams. In 17th place was Oliver Tavi for Neo 333. In 18th place was Robin Fines for Invasion Racing. In 19th place was Antonio Giovinazzi for Dragon Penseki Autosport. In 20th place was Sergio Sete Camara for Dragon Penseki Autosport. In 21st place was Maximilian Ganta for Nissan Edams. And lastly was Dan Tictum for Neo 333 team. When it comes to driver standings, here are the standings. Eduardo Motara is leading with 139 points. Generic Van is in second place with 128 points. Stoffel Van Dorn is in third place with 125 points. Mitch Evans is in fourth place with 124 points. Robin Fiennes is in fifth place with 81 points. Antonio Felix de Costa is in sixth place with 75 points. Nick DeVries is in seventh place with 73 points. Lucas Degrassi is in eighth place with 66 points. Andre Lotterer is in ninth place with 59 points. Pascal Werlein is in tenth place with 55 points. Jake Dennis is in eleventh place with 42 points. Sambad is in twelfth place with 32 points. Nick Cassidy is in thirteenth place with 16 points. Oliver Rowland is in fourteenth place with 11 points. Sebastian Buem is in fifteenth place with 11 points. Oliver Tav is in sixteenth place with six points. Oliver Askew is in 17th place with 2 points. Alexander Sims is in 18th place with 2 points. Maximilian Ganta is in 19th place with 2 points. 
Dan Tiktam is in 20th place with one point. Sajo Sete Kamara is in the 21st place with no point. And Antonio Giovinazzi is in the 22nd place with no point at all. When it comes to the constructors' standings, here's how the teams are standing. Rocket Venturi Racing is leading with 200 points. Diaz Tachita is second with 200 points. Mercedes-Benz EQ is third with 198 points. Jaguar TCS Racing is fourth with 156 points. Tag Heuer Porsche is fifth with 114 points. Envision Racing is sixth with 97 points. Avalanche Andretti Formula E and team is seventh with 44 points. Mahindra Racing is eighth with 13 points. Nissan Edams is ninth with 13 points. Neo 333 is 10th with 7 points. And Dragon Pensaki is 11th with no point at all. And that is it for me today for the Marrakesh Ibri. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I will see you next time. Next time we'll be in New York City for the 11th round of racing. Thereafter, actually we'll be a double header. We'll have round 11 in New York and round 12 in New York. So round 11 will be on July the 16th. Round 12 will be on July the 17th. Then we'll go for round 13 in London, which will be July the 30th. It will be a doublehead as well and also July the 31st before we finish it all in Seoul, Korea on August the 13th and August the 14th. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please don't hesitate to um, get in contact with me if you'd like to, I don't know, connect more. I don't feel like, I don't really know a lot of Formula 1 fans where I come from. So the d people who listen to this Formula E podcast are most definitely not within my location. So it would be nice to get in touch with you all. So you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at humura underscore Ruth. That is spelled as H-U-M-U-R-A underscore Ruth. And my email address is mbabaziruth77 at gmail.com. That is spelled as M-B-A-B-A-Z-I-R-U-T-H 77 at gmail.com. Or you can find the Instagram page for this podcast as at the Formula E podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. I will see you next time. Have a lovely weekend.